This podcast has been very kindly sponsored by our friends over at Libra. If you want to find out more about Libra's products or brilliant innovations, please click the link at the bottom. On today's Tales from the Hook, we have Nigel Mayer. Nigel's been working in the quarrying and mining industry since 1997. He is really passionate about careers in mining and the next generation. So I'm super excited to hear what Nigel has to say. Nigel's currently working as a UK sales manager at CMS Sepcor Limited. But before this, he's previously worked on the tools. He started off as an apprentice in engineering, but I'll let Nigel tell us more about that in a second. Hello, Nigel. Thank you very much for coming on Tales of the Hook today. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much. How are you doing, Kate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really, really pleased to have you on. I'm really pleased to uh, talk to someone from a, a slightly different industry than myself. So I'm very excited to hear what you've got to say today. Uh, it's not too different. I think we have a, a lot of crossovers with Craneage and uh, as an industry as a whole. It's a, it's a small world that we live in. It's a bit of background on Nigel. So Nigel, you've been in industry for quite some time now. So I had a little, a little stalk of you on LinkedIn, and I can see you've been in industry since 1997. If your LinkedIn's anything to go by, yes, yes, been in the industry since '97. Uh, I was um, frog marched, I think, by my dad after I finished school up to a local quarry engineering company called Black Hill, uh, Black Hill Quarry down in Devon. And he says, look, you ain't being a builder. There ain't no money to be made in it. Go and do an engineering job. And I walked in there as a sort of 16, nearly 17 year old, because I'm the youngest sort of job. And I was like, oh my God, what am I walking into? As I walked through the engineering shop being shown around, there was a guy wearing no boots walking around the workshop with metal filings all over the floor. Um, yeah, it, it was an eye-opener, to say the least. Um, big, hairy quarryman, basically. And I was just a sweet, tender <laughs> 16-year-old that had walked into a quarry workshop. I mean, I mean, I... Firstly, I assume things were things were quite different then and now. And secondly, I just wonder what it felt like as a 16-year-old walking in there and, and your dad saying, go on, this is your life, get on with it. Back then, yeah, the world was a lot, lot different. I hated every second of it when I started. You do grow to love it, but um, wow, it was an eye-opener. Eye it was things I'd n never thought would have happened in my life have happened um yeah it's intimidating to say the least i think times have changed a lot I, came, I i sort of came into the industry at the very tail end of like apprentices were seen not heard you were given all the menial tasks whereas today apprenticeships apprentice you get jobs you get to do exciting things it's a totally different world to where I grew up and a lot of others have, but yeah, it's yeah, intimidating is the best word I think to use for, for, for a young lad back then. I think, you know, I think even, even now, even when I did my apprenticeship, which was, you know, a 
how many years ago now nine years ago or something like that um even for me it was quite intimidating and it wasn't probably not the same level of intimidation as you have but I think it was the pressure the pressure of being on site and and when I started people had kind of expectations that I'd been on site before and when you haven't been in a a work environment like that like you're saying you're walking in and there's there's these you know these people everywhere and there's stuff all over the floor and you haven't worked in that environment before I think I think it's always a little bit intimidating to be honest it yeah definitely um I don't really know how else to kind kind of look at it I mean they weren't so interested in the younger ones back then and I think we've grown up into a culture where companies especially where the ones that I work for now we want to build from mold younger people into amazing engineers we want to show you the world we want to enlighten you back then like I say totally different but coming forward now for apprentices to come into this industry wow what opportunities you could get not just UK based I mean we've got guys that work all over the world now so it is it is completely changed and it's and it's all for the better it is and i think you know i think one thing you touch on there which is the international aspect and and what you do by coming into construction into quarrying into mining is it's it's that skill base that you don't get anywhere else that you can take anywhere you know i've i've friends who go off work in australia work here work there go wherever they want because they've They've learnt the trade and they've learnt how to do something. And I mean, you did engineering, am I right? I yeah. Think. So I I was um, did an apprenticeship in mechanical engineering, welding, fabrication, machining. Did that for years down at Black Hill Engineering. Um, that was going out, assisting out on sites, uh, putting up buildings, repairing machines, which is where the love of like the quarrying and crushers came into it because that was the Southwest Regional Engineering Workshops for Aggregate Industries at the time. So, yeah, we um, would go out, repair quarrying equipment, everything from mobile plant, the yellow stuff, Caterpillars, Volvos, um, then moved on to the crushes, all your Metso Simon crushes, uh, Sandvik cone crushes, things like that. Back then, again, it was slightly different. You were made to take it apart, put it back together. If it was wrong, take it apart, put it back together different way of learning whereas now there's proper procedures in place kids get pushed in the right direction not the wrong direction it, yeah great now i think i think it is it is impressive i i mean i'm a big fan of apprenticeships anyway and i think they do mold you and even you know your your apprenticeship was back in 97 but you've obviously never left the industry and you know going no. back through your kind of work history and what you've done and you you started off as a fabricator and you went into a field service engineer position. And I mean, your your tenure at your different companies is massively long as well. They're not kind of, you want in and out, you know, a year here, no. a year there. You've had 10 years, 10 years, and yet you've, stuck, you've really stuck it. So there must have been something that really grabbed you about the industry. Being out, being outside, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong, you can do an engineering apprenticeship in anything you want. You can go and work in a factory if that's what you'd like to do. My excitement is drawn from meeting new people, going out to different sites, different places, different 
um, all over the UK. I, I mean, I worked an area from Devon up to Scotland at one point as a field service engineer for Sandvik. And it was exciting. You know, you, you're driving around, you're seeing different places, meeting different peoples, the way diff you're learning off so many different people all the time. So you'll pick up bits of the, there's that old saying, isn't it? Um, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And um, what's, there's another one that's yeah. completely gone out of my head now, which has caught me out. But you always... It'll come always, back to you about, about yeah, but, 10 minutes after we finish off the day. <laughs> probably, but you're always learning. And I think that we... The, the reason why it was such a hard life at the start for the uh, while working at a, a, a quarrying engineering company was because they didn't like the new ideas that people might bring into things. So you might look with a big pair okay. of young, wide open eyes and think, oh, excited, can I do that? And they'd look, and I know from experience now of having apprentices myself and go, no, you can't. And you'd leave them for a few minutes and go, why don't we do it this way? And you'd sort of twist it the way that they've said, just to make it sound like it was your really good idea. But yeah, you, it's exciting. There, there is huge amounts of excitement to having it. And I, I think things are changing, aren't they? And like, like, you know, we're talking about a long time ago and we're talking about the present now and the way I think technology is changing things. And I think technology is making the industry more exciting and for young people and probably an industry that they, they want to move into because, you know, we were talking earlier about cranes and crushers and these big bits of machinery and things and how exciting that all is the the um the technology side is it, you can take it either way it can either make it or break it for me okay engineering was being on the ground it's being dirty the computer side of it comes as a bonus don't get me wrong but if if you're there and you get a sense of achievement from driving to a site, right, what's wrong with your machine? Uh, it, it's just stopped dead. Why? Take it apart, look at it, getting dirty, working in all winds, all weathers, working with, I mean, I, I touched on earlier, a, a huge quarry near us, had a thousand ton crane in it. Who, who gets to see things like that? It's incredible. Just to, I mean, I tried to take my son there. The wife wouldn't let me, but <laughs> it would have been amazing. It's something you will not see every day. I mean, they, they've got the big one at Hinkley Sea, which is like, a, I don't know, 5,000 tons or something. But Brutus was, I mean, I'd love to go and see. I'm still trying to work Carl, on the invite. Big Carl. Big Carl, is it? Big Carl, yeah. Big Carl, big Saren's crane. It's massive. I haven't seen it in person, but I've seen plenty of photos. It's uh it's an absolute beast, but I agree with you. And especially, well, I mean, we did touch on the thousand ton crane and I was saying, even in London, we don't see these things. You don't get cranes that big in London. You don't, you, yeah, you get interesting projects, interesting infrastructure, but you can't fit a thousand ton crane in many places in central London. So getting to go to a, a quarry and see that in action must be quite amazing. It was it, it was a pretty awesome sight. Came on twelve articulated lorries, one Arctic just for the hook on its own. I mean, just seeing something like that is impressive. Having the opportunities to do it Amazing. as well. I mean, Watley do fantastic quarry open days. 
where you can go and be a part, have a look around the quarry. They'll take you on tours of the plant. They'll have all the like the big machines there that you can walk around, touch, feel, try and get a sense of excitement from that as well. And it, it went down such a storm at this like this year, previous year, that it caused like a ten mile tailback trying to get into the quarry because there were so many people coming down to have a look. I think I think it's just one of those areas that people don't know about. And I'll be I'll be open. Quarrying and mining isn't something that I particularly know about or or understand. And um, I mean, you enlightened me previously to this, telling me about all the things that it it does and it influences in everyone's day to day life. But I don't think people know that. It's this is the thing. Everybody looks at a quarry. It's a dirty old hole. Nobody wants one. Without one. You, you haven't got your road structures, you haven't got your building materials, your houses, you haven't got your your, your fine powders. So uh, down in Cornwall, you, you've got your china clay, you're getting all your, your powders, makeups, um, Paris, uh, all your um, painkillers and stuff like that. You, there's, it's all fillers. It all comes out of the ground. Knives and forks, battery powered cars, your plastics, everything to do with making everyday items comes out of the ground. The cup and that I'm drinking from now comes out of the ground. Everything. So quarries, mining are the starting blocks for everything that we use in a day-to-day life. I think, see, I didn't know. And I, I guess it's one of those things that I never really sat and thought about. And I, I think, you know, probably many of us have never sat and thought about where do these things come from? How do they get here? Where does it start? Who does it? And I, I feel a bit ignorant, actually. I've never even crossed my mind to think about it. Um, but I'm—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm fascinated, and um, I, I certainly want to have a little look into it and find out a little bit more about what goes on in quarrying and mining. In terms of so, in terms of getting young people interested, so if we're struggling to get people into construction and industry and buildings. I assume it is just as hard in quarrying and mining as well, Nigel. Yeah. It is an extremely hard job to try and get people in. Nobody really seems to be interested in the working outside in all winds and all weathers. I mean, don't get me wrong, I understand it it can be cold, it can be wet, but in summer seasons or in the, the drier days, where else would you rather be? I mean, outside or in an office? I know what I would rather do, working outside. It, it, it's fantastic. Some of the stories that you could tell or that the stories could go on for days and days of just exciting things that I, I see as exciting, fun. The good, the, the laughs you have with the different people and the lads that you work with. Awesome industry. But it is a dying So what do, what do we have to do? What do we have to do, Nigel? What's the, well, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting all the answers here and now, but where do we start? Where do we start with getting people interested in industry? Um, so for the likes of us, CMS, we go out to um, big colleges, uh, colleges, St. Stephen's and stuff, and we will look for apprentices and ask to have a, a, a pick of guys that are there to come in. They will then have the opportunity to work around different locations within our company. 
So with CMS being we're one of the largest aftermarket quarry supplies companies in the UK, we've got our engineering workshops, we've got offices down the bottom with all your, your CAD design drawings, we've got our own machining facilities, um, stores facilities, we, we will send apprentices around each individual area and this is a, a, a I say it's a, it's a small company, but it's not. It's a huge company now, CMS. Uh, if somebody decides that, that they don't want to um, any longer work on in a certain area, there's always rooms to move and grow and progress within it. And I mean, I think it's more about that. We, for the quarrying industry, it seems like you'll all, you you'll always be at the bottom of a food chain. If you start as an engineer, there's no room to grow. I was an apprentice, and you're always an apprentice until you leave a leave a job. So I was an apprentice for ten years in my first job. I then went to work for Samvik, worked for them for 10, 11 years. Left them, and uh, you, you I left that, went into another job, and you become a man, don't you? Supposedly. <laughs> coming here, coming from some of the big multinational companies that I've worked with, it's been life changing. I, I've always wanted to progress further, and the companies like this that are really keen to help and build have made it so easy for me and so welcoming. I um, so I worked in Plymouth at a tungsten mine. Um, it was called Wolf Minerals at the time. I was there for three months, and unfortunately, that company went into liquidation. A couple of phone calls later, and I was driving up the M5, up the M42 to Leicestershire to come to CMS. Within a day, I was employed, and I've never looked back. And I, they said, what do you want to do? They said, "You, I'm an engineer at the moment, but for where I live, I've got to do something else. And they've progressed me into the sales and the best sales people that you can ever get, I feel, are service engineers or ex-service because they understand the machinery, the kit, what you've got to do is a job. There's always room to grow. It's that knowledge base, isn't it? And it, it's kind of what we are talking. If you get yourself a trade, if you get yourself in there, you've always got a job. You've always, always. got a job because you're in demand and people need you and they want you. And I would imagine... You know, I was going to ask about how you move into sales because I moved out of sales, although I didn't, you know, sell machinery or equipment or anything like that. But I can imagine knowing your industry inside out, knowing what you sell, the machinery, the crushers, everything that you do inside out, back to front, you can rebuild it. That makes you the best salesperson ever. I think, yeah. I'm I'm lucky. I've worked in so many different quarries, so many different places, met so many different people. I, I, I and I love the job, and I think that oozes out of me when I'm on site. Every you as an engineer, I always took pride in every job I did, if though that piece of kit was my own. So taking it apart, using quality spares to put back into these jobs to make sure that it was um, done right, sitting there and watching it run watching it crush again, getting machines back up and running, not just crushers, but screens. It's just exciting. So uh, I, I don't know. I just, it's when, if you get it, if you've got that little bit in you, it never leave. 
never does. No, and I think I think what you touched on earlier and how industry wants to push you forward. They don't want to lose you. They want to keep you. They want to build on your skills. And I think it's not, you know, CMS have obviously done a fantastic job with you and that. But I think in, even in, you know, the, the jobs that I've seen in industry, people don't want to lose people. They want to grow people. They want to inv- And I think we do that really well as an industry. And it's not spoken about enough, actually. No, it's not. It's not pushed enough. And I, and I think this is the sad part about it, unfortunately, is there's not, don't get me wrong, I've started an inst, uh, like an Instagram just to try and highlight these things. I'm new to it. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I don't understand it all. I'm doing reels and I, I, I don't know what it is really, but I want to show the excitement for it. I want to show off. Come and have a look at it. Don't be afraid of going out and getting your hands dirty you can it's so exciting to get get involved with it the the big pieces of equipment that we we hold here i mean some some of the jobs that we do you sort of 50 60 ton lifts you know big huge parts of machines to see them crushing down raw stone once it's back up and running you get a huge sense of achievement so much more some days i yet i've moved from being an engineer into sales because it was what I wanted is what I've always wanted to do. And I've been very fortunate, but it still doesn't take me away from going out on the odd day and get my hands dirty. I'm sat here now with a dirty shirt on because I was looking at a machine on the way up the road today. I'm going out tomorrow to look at more. Doesn't get me away from it. I'm still out on site, still seeing people, still trying to get the younger ones in to look at it because it's a dying, dying breed. Engineers, fitters, you, you can't get them quick enough. It's and I, I think it's, you know, when we're talking about young people and how to get young people into industry, and I think Instagram's a great way. By the way, I think it's a really, it's a really good social media platform yeah. for interacting people, and especially because you want to show people what you do and you want to show people quarries and you want to show people mining and you want people to understand. So I think you've hit the nail on the head by joining Instagram because it's, it's all visual. It's a really, really good way to do that. And I think, it, you know, it, it is about selling. It's still that selling. You're selling an industry to the next generation. And it is. like you said, a, a dying industry where, where skills and trades, they, you know, people are getting older. They, they don't want to do it forever. They're going to retire. They're going to fall off the chain and they won't have passed on these knowledge and skills and these hands-on things that you need to do that computers can't do in mining and quarrying. No, you need I people. Mean, you still need people you, you to need do these them. things. We need people in this industry we need to go out, fix and repair. Without the people, I say that we fix the road next networks, but the roads are in a right pickle. But we make the material that goes out. <laughs> you know, we're meant to be the front line of it all. During co- that whole COVID malarkey, we as a company never stopped. We were we were part of it. We we helped keep everything going, the infrastructure going within the UK. We had engineers out every day. I think it's, I think, it, well, you've sold it to me. And I, like I said to you, I, I'm interested in finding out a bit more about mining and quarrying. It's not, 
is not something I know a, a deal about. And, you know, when you were talking about crushers and stuff, I had to Google earlier and have a look at what crushers was on the <laughs> CMS website. So it's, <laughs> you know, cranes, excavators, diggers. Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, crushers. Well, it all like, comes oh, into it. What, but what, what, what? Look at your humble iPhone. Gold, yeah. tungsten, silver, all comes out the ground to make an iPhone. Even when it comes down to the glass on the front that keeps smashing, all comes out the ground. It's fascinating. Do you know that? Because I've never, ever once questioned where these things come from. And you've really enlightened me, and I, I think you've probably enlightened quite a few other people who will listen to this about the quarry and mining industry as well. So I'm a bit interested in sales Nigel seeing as I was a salesperson mm -hmm. and now I despise sales <laughs> so you talking so passionately about it makes me a little bit jealous and I think maybe I've despised sales because I never sold anything I was that passionate about I love what I do I say that when I was a when I was younger and I worked in the quarry itself at Black Hill it was difficult it was a it was a hard roughy toughy upbringing but when you love something and you believe in something, it's easy for me. I work for, like I say, CMS Sapcore, the largest aftermarkets, crossroads supplier, spares supplier in the UK. We've got companies or dealerships. In, well, we've started up CMS America. So the owner of the UK moved out to America and set, out, set up CMS America. We're selling spares out there. We've got Chile, Mexico, Africa. We, I have opportunities to go all over the world with this. We've got engineers that travel all over the world. And it's such an easy job to sell my spares because I love them. Because yes. they're great. What more can I ask for? If, if, you could, if you could go out and you could buy a spare for your car for 200 quid, or you could go out and buy a spare for your car for 100 quid, but it's exactly the same, just made by a different supplier. What would you do? You buy the slightly cheaper one that's exactly the same. And that's what we're providing as a company. We're yep. providing high quality service and spares. It's, I uh, know, it's, it, it's really interesting. It is really. So if I'm a young person, Nigel, imagine, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but imagine I, I'm a lot younger, You're younger than I than am me. now. And I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm thinking this, this quarrying and mining industry sounds like something I might be interested in doing. I guess I want to know, A, where do I find out more information? And B, where do I look for jobs? Who, who, where do I look? So, do I just um, Google it or what, what do I need to do? A lot of the big um, quarrying groups, so you've got Aggregate Industries, Hansons, Tarmac, Semexes, there's many more, no doubt. They all have apprenticeships. Uh, they're all looking for apprenticeships. Hansons offer a great one. Um, you can go to your colleges, start off with um, just doing an, an engineering apprenticeship. I go with apprenticeships. You can go to universities, you can learn it all, but there's nothing better than getting your hands dirty, going out, touching it all, feeling it all. There's no better way to learn it. Um, but yeah, websites. Look up your, your big quarrying manufacturers or your big quarrying groups, sorry, not manufacturers, your aggregate industries, et cetera. 
they're screaming out for apprenticeships now. So um, we're lucky up in Leicestershire, we've got St. Stephen's College. Um, it's just there. We can, we can pick engineers up relatively easily. If we can find them, they have that drive for what going out and getting a little bit dirty. So um, we, we've got loads down in our um, technical center, which is a huge, great big multi-million pound um, machine shop. One day, that come up, have a look, and see what it's about, and we'll do another one of these. Because you, I came here five years ago, nearly six years ago now, with a blinkered look. My drive for all of this has come from working here. It opened my eyes because I came from a multinational OEM before this, and we had nothing in the UK to offer the customers other than service. I come here, we've got everything. We've got engineering workshops. We got, we can, we're building parts in, I'm sat in an office down in the, in the main headquarters behind us. There's parts being built. You can go out, touch it, look at it. The guys that are there love what they're doing as well. We're spending money in state of the art equipment to make sure that everything is perfect as well. So brand new ovens, freezers, um, Faro inspection arms. It's not just one side of it. There's so many different arms and legs that you can go off on. But yes, the outside people is where is also where we need it. It's it's fascinating because you guys obviously you're kind of start to finish and you know fabrication ideas everything must come into play, which is is fascinating. Plus the ability to work around the world which is always i think really interesting to people that kind of scope and possibility even if people never move i think people like the idea of possibility and the idea of being able to go somewhere different change and do something new and i think starting with you know in mining and construction in any of these kind of oil and gas any of these kind of trades and industries gives you that open door to move around massive yeah, you touched on oil and gas yeah again your cars don't work without it you we, we all need it all and it's a dirty dirty hard job but you know what you never have a better laugh in your life <laughs> which is what it's all about sometimes isn't it it's no, you know and i've turned up on you do you do i've turned up i've had worked with some fantastic people a bit like you've said and some fantastic projects and people I'll remember for the rest of my life for for good reasons and bad reasons to be yeah. fair. But I'll always re- I'll always remember the laugh. And you know, it's when people people say to me, "Oh, do you miss operating cranes?" I say, "I do miss it because I was one. I was good at it, but I, I miss the people. I miss that kind of banter and uh, that looseness that comes with working with a group of people for it's that many hours PG a day." PG thirteen, I reckon. Maybe, maybe slightly older now. <laughs> I, I've always found. Uh, I mean. The crack that you can have out on site with a group of lads, a group of ladies, brilliant. And let's just touch on that subject. This isn't just a male-dominated world. There's more and more and more women coming into this industry. And you know what? Some of the best drivers, some of the best engineers are now women in this industry because you have a gentler touch. We're just men. We just go in hammers, <laughs> spanners. There, we fixed it. No, it. This isn't just a one a, a male-dominated area. We have to touch on that. I think it's 
women. I, do you know, it was, I was going to ask you, Nigel. I was going to ask you what what the um, whether there are many women in quarrying and mining. So I, I actually have Huge. no idea. It's not something. It's I've getting ever seen bigger and bigger on. and bigger now. The women coming into this industry, and I can't knock it. It's a great, great job. I would highly that's brilliant. I'd love. I'm going to have a little look and try and find some stats to compare to our construction ones because I wonder whether you guys are doing a lot better uh, than construction sites and where we kind of level up. And I wonder if there is statistics for that somewhere that I might be able to. Not sure. I'd be really interested. But I would definitely say that it's it's fantastic to hear. There's more and more women in it. Back. Look, I I still say I'm, I'm 27. I've not been in the industry for that long. 27 years. When I first started, there wasn't a woman in the industry. Move on 10 years from that, and there was, and all the blokes would be like, oh, oh. you'd be like frightened ghost because there was a, a woman working in a quarry with you, and you're like, what's going on? Nowadays, it's not, it's the norm, and it's brilliant. You, you know, crane That's drivers, awesome. women crane drivers are some of the, this isn't puffing smoke anywhere, but it, some of the best out there. I told you some of my horror stories of crane drivers with sleep apnea and stuff. It's just a different, <laughs> you know. It's, I can't stop laughing about that story. <laughs> it's, even, I mean, honestly, it's appalling. It's one of those, you, you know, that health and safety thing that's kind of funny but deadly at the same time. <laughs> that was a good one. There was the there was the drunk crane driver, which was just as good. And we said, look, mate, oh. we need the jib right in the middle of these two beams so you can just jib in and out. Six attempts to get the crane right, and I noticed he kept filling up his thermos cup and drinking away quite happily. And I went to talk to him and said, look, mate, you've how many more times have I got to take? Get the jib right in the middle. And I could smell the booze seeping from him. And I thought, oh, this is not a good, this is really not a good start. You do get, I mean, that side of things has kind of died a death now. They, they were old days. Oh, yes. Don't get me wrong. The world has yeah. got a lot. No, better, yeah, I... I'm, don't, I'm not condoning. Yeah, most most construction sites are zero, <laughs> zero tolerance on most construction sites now, Nigel. Thankfully, yeah, and I, I can't. I, I know. I, I'm laughing, but I, I know. I because I know these things happen. Look, I had a, I had a drunk slinger once, and while I, I'm glad he wasn't operating the crane, put it that way. Yeah, it it does happen. Don't get me wrong. Every now and then you still might come across it. But for me as a whole, the good outweighs the bad. If you can find yourself a company like I've got here, they're a jewel. Everybody that I work with, um, like the day I came up here for the interview as such, I had a three-week-old baby at home. I just lost a job, and I walked in here with big, wide eyes, and they said, do you want to come and work with us? And this was the owner of the company, Chris. um, I can't thank the guy enough. And he said, you got a job. Took me out that evening, put his arm basically around me and just sort of said, yep, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it been the same ever since he's it is if you can find people like that go with it you 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 will never regret yeah. coming into this industry i don't think no i agree with you and i think it 
it is it is what we do well sometimes in this industry. We do. Britain was I made mean, off the back of hard work and grass. Dirty hands. Yeah. We, we, we made Britain great. The people that started at the bottom, it, it shouldn't be classed as the bottom because we're at the top. It's the people in some respects that work in the offices. It goes the opposite way around, maybe. We, we, we're building it for everybody else. I love that. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I, I love how passionate you are about the industry. And you certainly taught me a couple of things um, today about quarrying and mining. And, and I'm going to look into it a little bit more because, like look, I said, I've, I've been probably I'm starting many my people on this podcast a bit ignorant about. No, look, I'm starting the Instagram page. Hopefully it is a bit of a lesson for many many people out there to i'm going to do little videos streams whatever reels on machines uh, on on crushers while i'm out on screens having a look around sites um give it a follow give it a like hopefully that will also help hi highlight how amazing this industry is well, what's the what's the Instagram name, Nigel? Um, Give it a shout out. I'll put it in. I'll put it in the CMS well. underscore Nigel. Perfect. I'm sure people will be giving you a follow, as will I. I think I already follow you actually. I think so you follow. Yeah, no. Look, but I hope that from that, it, it even if it if I can get one one apprentice a year to join the quarrying industry, I'm happy. Just one person to come in and enjoy it as much as I do. Game on. I've done my job. I'm going to ask you what every school kid asks me whenever I do a school talk. Uh, what's the wages like, Nigel? They're not bad. Put it that way. Um, <laughs> it depends on people's expectations, doesn't it? I mean, for me, you have huge earning potentials in this industry, but don't expect i mean when i first started i got 20 quid a week i was well happy with it yeah i was happy because that would give me beer tokens i don't condone underage drinking either but that would give me beer tokens now i think it's fair for uh, you know yeah there could be increases but i don't think it's a bad it's don't get me wrong there's a lot of weekend working there's overtime I mean, back in some days, I, you, we could earn up to sixty, seventy thousand pound a year, but that's including the overtime work you were doing. Basic salaries or anything—I don't know, forty, fifty thousand, sixty thousand for some. If you find the right kind of job, the money's there to be had, but you have to start somewhere. You can't expect to come in yeah. on the high salaries. You, you, you've got to work and gain respect for it all. It is a huge amount of that in this industry. If you've worked hard and you, you do a good job, you'll go a long way. Don't expect to come in and get big money. I think that works the same in all industries, doesn't it? I agree. Uh, no, I agree. I think anything, you get your head down, you show willing, you show eagerness, you get on with what you're meant to be doing, you'll, you'll go far and you will earn big money and I think it's really nice to be able to say that about an industry that your efforts will be rewarded yeah like I've worked hard to do what I've done I've quite often say it if I could I'd do this job for free because I like it that much I'm, I'm one of the weird ones in the world but am I happy with what I earn 
yeah, I'm, I, I was happy with what I earned in all my other jobs. I live to it as well, and <laughs> I just enjoy it. Nobody, nobody should be any different. If you, if you can find something you really like, doesn't happen overnight either. Don't get me wrong. I think it takes a, a while to get to my weird place of loving it as much as I do. It, it takes a minute. You're never going to fall in love with the job straight away. Yeah. I think I think you're an absolute asset, Nigel. And I, I want to thank you uh, for enlightening me. I want to thank you for being so passionate about industry. It's really unusual to talk to someone who loves their job as much as you do, and it's really nice. I'm going to call it a day now, Nigel, but I want to ask you one more question, if that's all right. Go on, then. What's I usually ask what's one thing we could all do to make the construction industry a little bit better, but I'm going to ask you what's one thing that we could all do to make the quarrying and mining industry a little bit better for everyone. Go for an apprenticeship. Do it. Enjoy it. You know, don't be afraid of it. If anybody ever wants to talk about it, contact me. I'll I'll open a door for you to go in. I'm trying to do it for a nursery school down in my way, a nursery school, to go to a quarry and have a look, to start them young. It, it's amazing. Have a look at an apprenticeship. Just do it. Uh, look at the quarrying industries. Go look at your big... Um, your quarry groups, AI, Hansons, check out what they've got to offer because you won't be disappointed. If even look at CMS, give me a shout. You can't say fairer than that. So if anyone is interested in an apprenticeship, Nigel has opened these doors. You can always talk to him about it. Thank you so much for coming on today, Nigel. I really, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much for having me. It's been absolutely brilliant. Loved it. I love sharing a bit about a quarry. <laughs> Brilliant. Two seconds. There we go. I'll pause this.